Revolution.org, hard uh, episode 575, guys. And uh, today we're going to talk about wrinkles, skincare, and anti-aging and bodybuilding. And, um, you know, this is an important one because, you know, we we bodybuild uh, for many, many different reasons. But one of the, the reasons that we do it is because we want to look good. And the problem is you can't look good if you've got wrinkles, if you've got skin, your skin's like got acne all over it, you know, that will turn anyone off. Um, you, you can't look good if you're aging and, um, you know, steroid abuse will increase aging. Um, with It's just the fact. I mean, it stresses the body. It causes more issues in the body in a, in a bad way to cause the body. So we're going to go over all these different strategies to help with wrinkles, skincare, and anti-aging and body mass. So I'll bring a mobster first because he is, uh, you know, he's older. And he's got a lot of experience over the years, and he keeps himself looking young. And um, you know, I think one of the I think one of the the, the keys, monster, is, is is there's different different things, and we're gonna kind of go over as much as we can yeah. in this uh, short podcast. So I'll start you off, monster. Once you start off, right. the top. so listen, listen, listen. I definitely look older than I used to, and I know it's that shit in the morning. But ironically, I've mentioned this on previous shows. I'm the eldest of four sons or four brothers. And my 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 idol boast for many, many years, Steve, was that I had the least amount of gray hair, uh, the least amount of lines, et cetera, et cetera. And why is that? And obviously it's because I've been training for a long time. I don't necessarily eat the absolute healthiest, Steve, but I was certainly eating better than my brothers because, of course, I was lifting, so I was trying to enhance what I was doing in the gym. I, I probably drunk the less when I talked about drinking, I talked about alcohol, and apart from, I think, one cigarette when I was, like, I don't know, 13 or something that my dad made us take just to put us off. That's literally the only, I'm sorry, literally too puffed, Steve. I hated it. I've never smoked, so I've, a lot of what I've done is I don't do or haven't done those things which have aged me. So there's that, okay? And that's all sort of my, my brag, so to speak. That doesn't mean to say, oh, you know, I don't look 12 or anything like that. Listeners, I'm definitely an older gentleman, and I have some grey, more in my beard than I do in my head, Steve. But I benefit from the simple fact that I've, for want of a better phrase, lived a healthier lifestyle because I've gone to the gym for a very long time. Now, one of the benefits of my long time around the sport and a long time lifting is I've been around both competitive weightlifting, competitive bodybuilding, strongman, and so on. So I've attended all kinds of shows. And I'll touch on the first part. This is the illusion, if nothing else, of healthy skin for a competitive bodybuilder. I know that on our forums right now, Steve, there's at least one or two that I do compete, and a couple more that are just thinking now, one today, one of our newer members, Steve, is actually starting to think about the idea of getting up on stage and doing a novice men's physique competition. So one of the things that you do, and this is one of our sort of tips for you, is the they've got a whole pro-tan and healthcare, etc. And silly things, Steve, like shaving and having your hair done, even as a man, having your nails clean, having your nails done properly if you're a woman, and so on and so forth. And one of the things that you do sometimes to enhance the appearance of your physique on stage is look after your skin. Now, whether that's going to a sauna, whether that's getting massages, whether that's having lotions put on your face and so on and so forth, the illusion and hopefully see some of the reality of good, healthy skin on stage 
if it came down to you and someone else, your identical twin, with the same physique, the same cuts, the same definition, the same striations, the same vascularity, Steve, but his skin was crap and your skin was great, you'd win. So it's one of those little facets that allows you to look better on stage. Now, another aspect. And this, this is apparent, I think, sometimes. We know this happens in puberty because that's what's quite simple hormonal changes. Men and women, it's not just a male thing. With acne and whatever else, women too. Oily skin. Women sometimes just with, with the time of the month, Steve, with the menstrual cycle, will get spots that they wouldn't otherwise get and so on and so forth. But the classic one here, guys, this is for all our listeners, male, female or otherwise, is toxins. If you eat crap, if your diet is poor, if you're around pollution, if you are around chemicals, if the water that you drink is unfiltered and so on and so forth, what you'll sometimes see, and I'll get Steve to come in on this as well, is that your hair is dry, your skin is oily, you're more likely to have the spots, you're more likely to have acne, you're more likely to have rashes and so on and so forth. And it's quite simple, just in the case of the diet, Steve. And a great thing, especially when we're younger, as we don't have to eat a lot of sweets and ice creams and jellies and God knows what else, is the crap coming out, the toxins coming out, the impurities coming out onto your skin. There are a bunch of filters, the liver, the kidney, and so on and so forth, and things that your body does, but you're stressing your body. Now, when we take performance-enhancing drugs, and as Steve said, this the most potent, and I've covered this on other shows, the most anabolic muscle-inducing drugs, also the ones that stress the body, they stress your body's filters, and they're the ones that are going to show in your skin, whether that red skin, blemishes, oily, uh, acne, or whatever else. I know that Steve's a great uh, fan, specifically of gut health and of fasting to improve gut health, but talk about the toxins in the diets, et cetera, et cetera, and how that affects the skin as well, Steve, before we do and talk about any other aspects. Yeah, and look, at the end of the day, you know, you can control what you can control. A lot of people say, well, you know, I, it doesn't really matter. I'm getting these toxins anyway, so fuck it. Well, you can still control. You can control the stuff that you go to. So we're going to do a future podcast on buying organic food. And now certain organic food is bullshit and certain organic food is definitely not bullshit. So we're kind of going to separate fact and fiction on a future show. Um, and it's a very important topic. But look, if you go on to buy produce in the store and you have a choice between buying an organic tomato and a conventional tomato, obviously you want to go with the organic tomato because the conventional tomato was sprayed with pesticides. And it was, you know, the pesticides not only went inside the plant into the tomato, was absorbed that way, and also was is on the tomato. So even if you wash the hell out of that tomato, it's not going to make a difference. It's still in it. There's a reason why organic tomatoes, organic produce costs more typically than conventional um, even though that's not necessarily the, the 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 case anymore, because there's a lot of companies out there that are huge, huge companies now. Amazon, for example, they purchased Whole Foods Market, and Whole Foods Market, Amazon has the ability to drop prices, uh, you know, to, to where it's anyone can go to shop at Whole Foods now. It's not like it was 15 years ago where you had to be rich to shop at Whole Foods. I mean, I shop at Whole Foods all the time, for example. Um, but the reason is, is because they're able to, to purchase in bulk. They're able to work contracts with, with farmers around the country, et cetera, et cetera. But the reason why organic is harder to grow than conventional, and uh, this is something to tell your friends out there, 
who through ignorance don't understand why this is the case is because with organic produce, you can't drench them with pesticides. You know, you have to use natural um, pesticides or nat or natural ways or not use them at all. I know in my garden, I don't use anything. Um, I go all natural route and it's harder to grow because the bugs, the bugs go in there and they destroy your plants. You know, it can take one night for bugs to come in and destroy your plants. So when you're when you're doing organic, obviously you're gonna lose a lot of of your plants. You're gonna it's gonna be harder to do. You're gonna have to go in and do a lot more gardening. It's a lot more labor. So of course, organic is gonna be more expensive than conventional. But you're putting it in your body, guys. So you can control what you can control. You can control the water you drink. You know, the water that comes in through your house. You can get a unit to literally put in your garage or put outside that will filter that water before it comes into your house to get rid of that chlorine and all those contaminants that are in our waters. And believe me, anywhere you live in America, I don't know if it's the same case in Britain, Mobster, but anywhere you live in America, um, besides probably New York, because New York, you know, they're up with this shit, you know, there's actually a law in New York, they cannot um, put uh, crap in their water when they put it in your house. But really all over the country, there's dangerous toxins that are in our water that we're drinking. And really chlorine is the obvious one. And chlorine is a toxic chemical. And, you know, you shouldn't be drinking chlorine. You really shouldn't even be showering in chlorine. Um, I avoid pools. Um, pools are really toxic. If you're going to have a pool, get a saltwater pool, pay a little bit more. To have a saltwater pool. That's just some common sense thing you can do. But if you go in a chlorinated pool every day, it's just not good for you. It's it's getting absorbed in, in your skin, and it's a, it's a toxic chemical, guys. You don't believe me? Drink drink some Clorox and see what happens to you. Inject some Clorox and see what happens to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That won't end well for you. You kill yourself doing that. So listen, we, we got to avoid, we got to control what we, got, gotta, what we can control. We can control the water we're drinking. We can control the water we're showering with. We can control the foods that go in our body. So that's step one. Gut health is connected to skin health. So if you have poor gut health, you're going to have poor skin health. That, that, that goes hand in hand. So you want to make sure that you have a healthy gut. And it starts with time-restricted eating, doing your, your fasting, if you need probiotics, getting on the right probiotics. Um, if you have to take antibiotics, I'm not against antibiotics. I'm not one of these losers you see on social media who are against drugs. Oh, I'm against antibiotics. No, I preach a natural lifestyle. But when you have to use antibiotics, guess what? You have to use them. And there's times where you have to use them. I had a bladder infection, you know, recently. Guess what? I had to use antibiotics, but guess what I did when I used the antibiotics? I got probiotics and I continued using the probiotics after I stopped taking the antibiotics to restore my gut flora. That's all you have to do if you have to use the antibiotics. If you have a dental, you have to take your wisdom tooth out or you have a dental procedure and the dentist prescribes the antibiotics, take the antibiotics, do what you got to do, but also take the probiotics. So it's all about balance, guys, and you can control what you can control. And you got to remember, so fasting is a great way to, to cleanse out the cells in your gut. 
And when you cleanse out the cells in your gut, it's going to help your skin health. It's also going to help the skin cells as well recycle. So fasting can tighten up the skin. Um, my old podcast host, Rick, used to talk about this because he had a weight loss journey and he did fasting and, and he had loose skin. Well, when he fasted, that skin tightened up. So if you're overweight and you're going on a weight loss journey, it's very important to use fasting during your weight loss journey. Otherwise, you're going to have loose skin. Right? You're going to have wrinkly skin. You're going to have bad skin. So it's very important to implement di different types of fasting protocols. It could be a 20-hour fast, 24-hour fast, 36-hour fast, 5-day fast, 10-day fast, whatever it happens to be. But you want to be fasting at least 20 hours here and there. That will, once you pass the 20-hour mark, that's when you get the autophagy benefits of the skin cell replacement. And that will make your skin feel younger and you will look younger. And you will feel younger. So that's all very, very important to, to do. Um, Mobster, I don't know if you want to touch on that. And we can get into acne and why acne happens. You want me to jump into acne now? No, I, I was just Go thinking ahead. about, yeah. funny enough, the benefits of the sun, Steve. And they're going to be the pluses and the minuses, okay? So 100% agree with Steve. Uh, make sure you eat the least amount of processed food, junk food, whatever you possibly can. Eat the healthiest food, guys. When I say that, I mean your veggies. I know some of you hate veggies, but eat your veggies. And if you can go organic, go organic, 100%. The least amount of chemicals, and that includes the stuff that's in the processed food, you can possibly eat the better. It's better if it's good for your teeth, it's good for your skin. And again, it's things like filters for the water, filters for the air that comes into your house. You've got filters in your car, ironically, Steve, HEPA filters quite often, that are taking pollutions out of the air, and yet you'll be walking around the outside. And those of you that work in construction, or in factories and whatever else can quite often be around chemicals. So you need to look after these things. But let's talk about the pluses and minuses of the sun. Now, some of you, especially younger guys, again, with poor skin, and that, again, is just hormonal because of puberty and whatever else, and using PEDs, a small amount of sun or a sunbed will dry out your skin. And it's a less oil, and it's actually mildly beneficial. And it's a great way of, it's also a good way, of course, getting your vitamin D and Steve and so on and so forth. So, the, the, the flip side of that, because we're talking about uh, wrinkles as well, is too much sun is horrendous for your skin. Absolutely, Steve. I'm reminded, and I think it was one of my aunties a million years ago, coming over from South Africa to visit London, and I saw this brown leathery being. I was only young, Steve, coming up the street, and it literally looked like sort of crocodile skin going on. She was super, super dark to the point of... What the fuck? How crazy looking was that? Obviously, a few weeks in London carves that shit right down and some of that colour seems to go. But to say that it had aged her and made her look absolutely weird and freaky was would, would be the understatement of the century. So there is an argument of 100% for the risk of skin cancer, of course, Steve. Definitely drying the skin out to the point where you will get wrinkles and dry skin. And of course, you can go so far in the direction as my auntie appeared to have done at that particular time that you end up looking like sort of brown crocodile effect skin going on. And it's not good. I'm thinking of some very famous actresses. We got one over here. I think her name, she's still alive. So I think she might be 90 something years of age. She's called Joan Collins. Never the greatest of actresses, but her particular thing was always to look after her skin, always to wear a hat in the sun and so on and so forth. And even though you know that she's probably in her 80s or 90s years of age, her skin has been looked after for generations, for decades, 
It's been a particular thing of hers. She'll talk about it pretty much every time she's ever been interviewed and so on, to the point where that actually becomes a thing in and of itself over and above her acting career. It's anti-aging. So you've got the thing here, guys, they're balanced. If you've got poor skin, the sun can be beneficial in, in a small way, but the excess can be aging. Same thing. This is the reason why pro tans and artificial tans and competitive bodybuilding are far more popular now than they've ever been, Steve, over actually getting a base tan. In fact, the, the, the tans, etc., they use now don't pretty much require a base tan, as who was used to. And although the chemicals that they're spraying onto your body are not very good for you, Steve, it's temporary versus going out and using the sunbed and all the risk factors that are involved in that. And again, Steve will be able to cover this particular one. The number of people both in America and Europe, et cetera, et cetera, that have <clears throat> skin cancer now is probably at its all-time highest in terms of our exposure. And that's inside the, the whole global warming thing, Steve, and perhaps greater exposure to the sun. But also it's to do with the chemicals, et cetera, that's going on and perhaps our lack of healthy diets. And yet, arguably, Steve, we probably use more sun protector and factor type creams, et cetera, than we've also ever done. And yet the identity removal uh, uh need for treatment of skin cancers probably at its all-time highest. Touch on that briefly, as well as in terms of the sun and overexposure. Yeah. So I've lived in um, boating towns, beach towns, and if you've got fair skin, you know, on the Gulf Coast of the United States, um, a lot of people have fair skin, and um, almost all of them had skin cancer. And um, it's pretty shocking. And um, the nice thing, though, about skin cancer, if you cancer early, it's pretty easy to treat. They just cut it out of you. And then, you know, so they just, you know, it's a simple surgery to just cut it. But you want to you want to be smart about that. There's a reason why, you know, some people have fair skin, some people have dark skin. It's the way we evolved, the way we adapted, you know, people in, from Northern Europe, they, they're going to have fair skin. They've got less sun exposure. Okay. Sometimes of the year, there's barely any sun. But if you come, you know, um, if you've evolved from closer to the, you know, north of the equator where it's much more sunny and you're going to have darker skin. So you're going to be able to tolerate the sun more. So it's very important. And then what you mentioned about the sunblock, the ironic thing about the sunblock is, do you know that those sunblocks have tons of toxic chemicals in them? So you're smothering your skin with toxic chemicals to avoid the UV exposure. So you're really screwing yourself either way. So one of the tips that I have is you can download an app. It's called YUKA. Man, these people should pay me for, for this, by the way. But there's different apps. YUKA is one app that I use. And you can actually scan these products and it will tell you how much toxic chemicals are in the products, how much additives are in the products. You can scan sun, sun uh, things. You can scan shampoos. You can sc scan soap. You can scan all this stuff. So anything that you're putting on your skin, washing your hands with, shampooing with, um, showering with, sunblock, all this stuff, you can scan it and it'll give you a score, zero to 100. And most of the stuff that you're going to get from a normal retail store like Walmart or something, it's going to be zero or close to zero. So you want to basically make sure that you're aware of that and you want to avoid those types of things. So you can download that app right now. You can pause this podcast, download the app right now and go scan the things that are in your bathroom that you're that you're using to, to, to wash yourself with and shampoo yourself with. And you'll be pretty shocked at the amount of toxins 
that are on this stuff. So adding toxins to your skin makes no fucking sense. So that's a really, really good tip. I hope you guys follow it. A monster touched on that. And then we get into acne, why acne happens, especially on anabolic steroids. Yeah, so I'm just going to give you a few very, very simple tips here, Steve. And ironically, again, I referred to that actress earlier on. So she's kind of got a good example. And I'm going to go in that direction for a moment. Right, so, I mean, I like the sun, Steve. And actually, funny enough, I tan very well. I've always been the darker of uh, the family in that particular regard, from family photographs when I was a kid onwards. So I've always had that that particular benefit. Again, it's, it's aging, so I have to be careful at this point in my my age and whatever else, you know, but I'm going to get older. It is what it is. However, things like, and Steve just touched on this with that app, don't don't go crazy with the soaps. This is the thing, Steve, and you and I have talked about this on other shows. So, you know, use by all means use, uh, uh, I'm trying to forget the particular name, Steve, those little kind of scarers that we have in the bathroom, exfoliation to take off the dry layers of skin, but don't go crazy. Dermabrasion works for some people, but again, you're removing sometimes top layers. Using cold water and hot water, but not excessive soaps, shower gels and the like. And then the great one, funny enough, ironically, most women, and it's more women than men, although there is a, a, a percentage of men that are starting to do this as well, they wait until there's an issue with their skin, and then they start having skin lotion skin protection type protocols. So the argument becomes, Steve, don't go crazy, listeners, especially the younger ones, but think healthy skin now. So look after your skin now. Don't wait until you've got wrinkles and dry skin and blemishes and melanomas and got whatever else and start wearing hats and stuff like that when you perhaps you should have done it before. Don't be afraid to, and again, use the app that Steve talked about earlier, but don't be afraid to get some healthy skin thing, even if it's only once a week. Have a good hot, you no know, soak in the. Uh, use a flannel. Don't put loads of lotion. Clean your place, face completely, and then apply some sort of lotion to to look after your skin. Think of and and again, we we do performance enhancing uh, drug discussions on these podcasts. So, so, for example, one of the benefits of one of the hormones and peptides that we like to talk about is growth hormone, and one of the benefits of growth hormone is its anti-aging properties. There's a bunch of other peptides we could talk about specifically in that particular regard. But again, what you sometimes see, Steve, is people waiting until they've got a problem. So I, I think the, the prevention, or at least some kind of skin protocol, can be done earlier than perhaps you think you need to in order to enhance the properties that you're giving yourself later on. In other words, don't wait till you've got wrinkles. Don't wait till you've got dry skin. Start thinking about healthy skin now. That's It's stupid stuff, whether it's your hair and having to change shower gels and, and shampoos. The same thing for your soap. Some soaps are incredibly dry into the skin. They make you feel super clean, but then your skin gets real dry, so now you've got to put lotion on. So, for example, some soaps come with sort of a skin lotion that's already actually included in the makeup of the product and so on. Another thing, Steve, and I think Steve touched on this already when you refer to the app, is the, the chemicals and even the ones with those micro balls in, Steve, which are great for getting at that sort of top layer of dry skin again. But the stuff that, that you, you'd be surprised, I can't even begin to pronounce the names of some of the chemicals that are in soaps and shower gels and the things that we use to, to clean our skin. It's absolutely crazy. And, you know, I'm not going to go a million years back in time to sort of the 
primitive scraping my body with a stone or something, but the simplest approach with the least amount of chemicals makes the most sense to me. If we're talking about not putting tons of chemicals and pollutants and, and fertilizers and weed killers and God knows what else into our body and having that stuff come out through our skin in the forms of acne and spots and whatever, then equally, why are we too keen sometimes, Steve, on applying tons of chemicals to the surface of our skin? So the simplest approach, the long-term approach will benefit. And again, if we're talking about performance enhancing drugs as a means of making our dream journey, our health journey better, then it should include a small aspect, a tiny percentage of skin care as well. So that at some point, Steve, the whole training, eating healthy journey is anti-aging. We tend to think in the now, and especially applies to our younger listeners. I want you to think in the now and in the future, because I want you, and I've talked about this on shows before, to be doing this stuff for a very long time. So I want you to look good, listeners, all the time, for decades. I want people to go, oh, my God, what's your thing? And you tell them that you've been training in the gym for 20 years, that you've been eating healthy for 20 years, that you get fresh air every day, and that part of that includes once a week looking after your skin in this particular way, Steve. So talk about the acne and stuff like that. What causes it? Because I think you've got a slight more expertise in this particular area than I have. Well, luckily I don't when it comes to acne. I don't suffer from acne, but I've seen a lot of people on the forums get acne. Um, I don't get the issue when I'm using anabolic steroids. Um, I get the issue from shaving. <laughs> you know, I get some some bumps and stuff from shaving, which isn't acne, but it can get infected and be similar to the acne anyway. But anyway, um, a lot of you out there, based on your genetics, you're going to have um, – issues when you use anabolic steroids due to the um uh, hormonal changes you know the estrogen and then the hor male hormones and the female hormones are going crazy up and down in your body and that tends to blow up your acne for some of you it's going to be on cycle for some of you it's going to be coming off cycle for some of you it's going to be dur during pct for some of you it's going to be after pct so any type of hormonal changes that you experience is going to cause it and um you know the bottom line is I feel for you guys and gals out there who have that problem, but there is ways to mitigate that. Number one, you can lower the dose of your steroids. Number two, you can make sure your PCT is on point where you're not getting a roller coaster when you come off. You're getting a nice soft landing and balancing things off when you come off your steroid cycle. And then number three, when it comes to skin health, you know, tanning is a good option, which is kind of hypocritical that I'm saying that because we just went over what the sun does for you. But here's the thing, you gotta do it in a smart way. So you gotta tan very, very short amount of time. Um, if you don't wanna do that, literally swimming in the ocean, getting the salt on your skin. Um, if you don't have access to the ocean, then salt baths. Um, also, listen, at the end of the day, there's gonna be different natural creams that people use. Everybody that I know who has acne, either on their face or their skin, and has been successful with it, has come up with a way to mitigate it. And there are different things that you can do. So you want to basically get, get some high quality options. Don't go online and listen to marketing and the and pushes, push um, marketing that convinces you to use this or that product. You want to basically do your homework, scan these items in, in the um, health food store, 
that claim to be good with acne, make sure these stores, they have money back guarantees. So give it a shot. If it doesn't work, save your receipt, send that shit back, you know, find something that eventually works for you. And, and that will definitely help. But I think those are the best solutions for that. And at the end of the day, hopefully over time, you can grow out of it because it seems to be more, but it's not necessarily the case, but it seems to be more with the younger crowd. Uh, those of you in your 20s who are using anabolic steroids, who have the issues with acne. And then once you get in your 30s and 40s, it seems to be not as much of an issue as your as your hormones balance out. So you really, really just have to experiment with different things because that is that is really, really bad. I feel for anybody uh, who, who gets acne issues, especially you know, on the face or other places where, um, you know, it's, it's visible and that can be really detrimental to your self-esteem and your confidence for sure. Um, you're so just, just a big muscular and ripped person with an eight pack. And then you've got acne on your face. It kind of doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Mobster. Anything else you want to add mobster? Yeah, sorry, fellas. I'm just touching the screen trying to talk. So, listen, I I've, I've, I can think of two examples kind of illustrate what Steve just said. Um, back in the day, seeing a fellow with, it wasn't active, Steve, but it was some horrendous skin condition, perfectly nice to talk to, doing a great day job, whatever. I'm thinking of him standing at the bus stop, but it was like a, it was a genetic thing. I don't even know what it was. It wasn't acne, but it was some weird thing. And it was like, all over his face, all over his neck, all over his hands, and your eyes were drawn to it. Now, in bodybuilding, in what we do, some part of that, like this fella's, was genetic. And some of it is just, as you say, there are certain places you can go to. The skin bump thing, I've seen this on a lot of uh, African and uh, people from that neck of the woods, Steve, that part of the world where uh, they shave and they, their skin gets crazy, crazy irritated, like Steve talked about earlier on, by shaving. And the bumps they get on their face is horrendous. It's really bad. And it's literally just by, caused by a close shave, even it's an electric shave, not even a wet shave, Steve. And then, of course, you've got the classic one. Listen, having one or two spots, having a, a small amount of acne when you go through puberty, again, men or women, it, that's kind of normal. It's, again, your body getting used to the hormones, changing you from child to, to man, child to woman, and so on and so forth. But when you see it full-blown, it's it's you almost feel like sorry for the person. And again, when you're kids, you might might even tease them or whatever else because they've got it bad and you haven't. But when we're talking about what we do in the gym and and and, and wanting to look good, it can it can look like it's the most unhealthiest thing you should be doing. And people outside of our sport love to look at oh look at training. You must be taking all the drugs. Look how bad your skin is. I thought you said the food was healthy and so on and so forth. And in reality. The stress we put in our body in the gym, especially when it's taken to the extreme, is quite high, and that's just physically working out. The same thing applies to the crazy diets that we sometimes endure, whether that's bulking or cutting or whatever else. Ironically, it should be super, super healthy. And then, of course, we then bring in peptides and hormones, steroids, and, and all kinds of other things. And especially, as Steve touched upon at the earlier part of the show, when he talked about the sort of the excesses you know mild cycles versus the crazy pro level death cycles that we know about and then we know just how bad that is because people have literally died 
uh, they've ignored medical issues and then they've gone crazy. They're on grams a week. They're doing this, that, and the other. They're never off. They never give their body a break. The hormones are in overdrive. And we know that that's unhealthy. And when we see it in an individual with poor skin in the gym, then then, then it can give the illusion perhaps that what we're doing is, is, is fucked up. And it isn't. The great and vast majority of our listeners will never compete. Will never never compete as a bodybuilder, never compete as a weightlifter, and so on and so forth. They're looking to look good. So the importance of good skin, the importance of stay, moderate, I mean, so not not completely against agency, but moderately young looking, and as an indicator, hopefully that our lifestyle is relatively healthy. It's where skin care and skin health plays a part. And as I said, it's almost a sign for us, Steve, an indicator. Uh, you know, for example, are we overtraining so we're tired? Are, is our diet so poor that our stomach is constantly upset? Like Steve talks about gut health. Is the hormones, the peptides we're using, are they unclean? And that's the reason why stuff's coming out into our skin. Is it literally that we're taking way, way, way too much? Think about it, listener. When we talk about the amount that the body naturally produces versus, for example, I believe it's somewhere between five and 10 milligrams a week, Steve, naturally, versus taking a 500 milligram, which is a very low dose. That's, it's, that's somewhere between 50 and 100 times um, what we would normally produce in our bodies. And that's just a moderate cycle. When we get up to the grams per week, we're in it's way, way in excess, thousands of times, certainly thousand times more. And, and therefore, you cannot not have that affect your body and specifically the skin is like almost like a little signpost even at the side of the road with lights on and it's like it's like one of those warning panels that you would have in in a, in a power station or something it's literally telling us that something going on their body that perhaps we need to look at now, whether that's hormonal because we're teenage or whether it's poor skin because we're doing crazy amounts of drugs inside or the pollution's too much or the diet's really poor and so on and so forth it's a great indicator of what's going on and it literally sort of like a little red light flashing on, on one of those boards, Steve, to say, listen, you need to perhaps look at your diet better. You need to look after your skin more and so on and so forth. And ultimately, we're all about that performance enhancing lifestyle. And that includes looking good, which means looking young. What do you think on that, Steve, before I finish up? Absolutely, guys. And look, at the end of the day, it's all going to have a factor. And uh we see people who smoke and drink. They they they're like in their forties and they look like they're in their sixties. And then we see people who eat healthy. They do time restricted eating. Eat a lot of fruits. Bulk of their diet is fruits and vegetables. And then the meats that they're consuming, it's grass fed beef, hormone free chicken, high quality meats, um, high quality eggs. You know, from from your protein sources, lots of bone broth, uh, fish, wild fish, not the farm raised fish. These are little changes that you can do in your diet. And we see people who are in their 60s who look like they're in their 40s or in their 30s. I know a guy, he's he's fucking like almost 70 years old. And when I when I actually I used to train with him, he uh he was a Vietnam War veteran. He um trained in Iron Man and all kinds of stuff. He eats the most precise diet you can imagine. He doesn't stress out over stupid shit. You know, um, we talked about cats on our last podcast we did on oxytocin, but pets, you know, they can help with our stress. But we can also learn a lot from our pets. A cat doesn't give a fuck what other cats think of them. 
You know, the cat doesn't care what the cat down the street thinks of them. The cat doesn't care what that cat's political affiliation is or their religion or their beliefs or their philosophy or any of that. They just live their life as a cat and they're happy being a cat, you know, but we as humans, we're too smart for our own good. We want to convince everybody to do our way. We want to tell our parents how to live their lives. We want to tell our kids how to run their life. We want to tell our nieces and nephews how to run their life. Have kids, get married, don't have kids, uh, don't, you know, go to this college, go to that college. We want to tell everybody around us how to run their lives. And cats don't give a shit. They just run. So stop stressing out over what other people are doing. Turn the social media off. Stop stressing yourself out. If it's stressing you out to go on Facebook because people are pissing you off, then fucking delete your Facebook. It's that simple. You got to eliminate stresses. In your life that are just completely unnecessary. You got to food, avoid food stresses. You got to avoid, avoid environmental stresses. All these things have an effect on our body. And stop poisoning yourself with alcohol and drugs and cigarettes and all this other shit. And don't abuse anabolic steroids. You can run anabolic steroids a smart way. Run a couple cycles a year and do it that way. And you could be completely healthy. But if you abuse anabolic steroids, I'm sorry. It's it's not going to end well for you. This is why bodybuilders die in their 40s and 50s. You know? Because they it's it's aging. You're aging themselves because they abuse anabolic steroids. So just be smart with what you do going forward and good things will happen and you'll have some really really good results. I'm I'm reminded Steve as you said something just now that my training partner for tomorrow is 76. Uh on CRT. I believe uh, I'm going to say 300 milligrams a week. And uh, we're going to try to get him in the next, not not tomorrow, but hopefully next week, back to his lifetime PB of 125 kilos. That's 275 pounds for our American listeners at 76 years of age in the next two weeks while he trains with me tomorrow. And he looks, I'm going to say late 50s. He looks my age, Steve. <laughs> so, and yet he's 27 years older than I am. Uh, still got relatively dark hair. There's some grey in there, but it's not all grey. It's not white. And there was another fella that used to come to the gym as we finish off with this, Gary. And I believe Gary was 75 the last time I seen him and had shown a bunch of the girls when the gym first opened how to train. And these guys, they're not massive. These that came not even half my body weight. Uh, but he's been training probably the same length of time that I have, 40 or probably more, 40 plus years in Ken's case. Not doing crazy stuff, not stressing other things. It's very easy to get on with. He works behind the desk. He's, he's the guy that opens up the gym at six o'clock in the morning, three days a week, Steve. So he's doing the healthy thing and he's been doing the healthy thing for a long time. I don't think he drinks to excess. I don't believe he's ever smoked. I believe the say in terms of performance enhancement is what he's doing now and probably only since he retired from work and whatever else. So he's super, super healthy, long-term, and looks good and looks a lot, lot younger for it. So there's an insider tip for you guys. Keep that in mind in terms of your long-term uh, skin health and looking good and stay young looking. Please note we are not doctors and opinions are ours. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.